Ah, the old family attic, a time capsule of memories. As a boy, I spent my summers by the sea, playing Sega indoors. I stared out the window across the glistening water at the Isle of Wight, a place I felt connected to somehow. Years later, when I was a young man, I visited the Isle when it was white. I stared out the cottage window in the early hours, and there, through the dancing snowflakes, I saw a man, a man made of plastic and paper. I approached without fear. He reached within himself, and with a knowing smile, he handed me a Sega Master System Two with Power Strike Two. You see, he was a living collection, a retro man. Welcome to the Unofficial Controller Podcast, your weekly gaming podcast, episode 128, the Christmas special, The Retro Man, with me, George, and this week joined by Sir Mike Rouse, Retro Man, to my Repro Man. How's it going? I'm extremely well. Thank you very much for having me back here. Listen, at this point, uh, there's going to be pretty much a stampede by the fans to say, we want Mike full-time. Lock him in the Ponsbury Dungeons. Don't let him out. Feed him on bread and water and small snippets of circuit board you can rebuild on the other side of the wall into a retro gaming system. One would say you'd be happy, um, but technically it's classed as slave, slavery. Uh, so it's well, on the edge know, of what's acceptable. It is, but uh, the way I got here today was on the edge of acceptable again. Oh, <laughs> Oh, uh, okay. Tell me how you got here today. Uh, Walking along, minding my own business, 4x4, Japanese manufacturer, I believe, turns up, three people asleep in the car, beckons me in, tells me I'm uh, here to take you to to your uh, fine establishment. Um, I climb in, car fills with gas, and uh, wake up to... uh, to three strapping men, I think they were men because they had masks over their face with uh, PlayStation symbols, uh, and and now I sit here with you with the number two hundred and sixty three on my chest, waiting to see uh, what's about to happen. Well, I've pulled you from Ponsalbury Squid Games only because I recognised your face. I knew. I thought I can't. I can't throw him into the maelstrom. The, the actual human body picker that just basically just harvests people that wander into my postcode area that I'm responsible for. I thought, no, he's more special than that. He's got a family. And I oh, like the guy. You. Let's save him. <laughs> it's difficult executing such all-encompassing powers. Sorry about the smoke. I don't know as... Uh, uh, you're not lads in the country alike, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyway, you're here. Hopefully, it's not a metaphysical dream. People are wondering now, what's so special about this Christmas special? Well, before we launch into that, Sir Mike, Sir Mike, 
I have to ask you what you're hoping to play. No, hang on a minute. <laughs> Someone's just flipped the show upside down. Uh, to be honest, let's leave that in. Make sure people are paying attention. Mike, what you been playing? Look at him now. He's like amateur. Flipping out. <laughs> what have I been playing? I am actually still playing the same game we uh, spoke about last time. That uh, retro game um, on the Nintendo Switch. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the RPG still- one. Yeah. The like, um, steam no diesel punk style one wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Where you're 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 trapped underground. Uh, still playing that. Um, what else have I been playing? I've been playing Mega Drive. Oh, I played Batman Returns on the Sega Mega Drive for the first time in my life. Oh, Mike, have you got oh, it on Mega CD as well? I haven't got it on Mega CD. I've got it on. Well, no, I've got it on Mega Drive. Uh, and I was like, uh, it's the I've played one Batman game in my entire life. And uh, I think it was, mm. Bat- what was that? That was the original Batman. So as I'm collecting this full Mega Drive collection, Batman Returns uh, made its way into my cave. Um, and, <laughs> uh, and, and, Good you know, time of the, year to be playing it as well. Yeah, the, the, the retro Gamer Boy cave. And um, it's not very good, is it? No, I, I didn't know. I, I To be honest, some of the things that it does... Let's deconstruct this because, you know, why not spend about an hour on a 20-year-old game? Let a 30, 40-year-old game, probably, for all I know. Let's just take a moment. I like some of what it's doing with the visuals, with the cutouts and seeing things through and the way things are muddied mm. up. I like that. I do. Um, especially with the Mega Drive's colour palette. It's not. It's, it's big, but on-screen colours are restricted. So, you know, you've got you to gotta pick your Moody Browns and whatever to make yep. it work and and for the most part it looks okay it's not the one on the snes which i think is an absolute tour de force absolutely brilliant game if you went to your friends back in the day and played the snes one then went home and said mummy please may i have this for the mega drive and you got that for christmas i i, 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 mm, I <laughs> yeah mm, that'd be awkward i asked if you had the mega cd one because like most cliched podcasters that know even 10 percent about retro video games are going to tell you that the only the only saving grace of that is the mode seven-esque driving sections which is probably one of only three games that showcase the the um sprite scaling that the system can do yeah super smooth and obviously for that reason probably equal to snares people say it's it's better it certainly looks neat and tidy in that um but without that, they were clever enough on the Mega CD to let you play the driving section and the level, the platform level separately or interwoven as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't have that copy, but uh, uh, I got this one, which is, yeah, it's terrible. And then I played Cheryl's Peril, which uh, was a, a video I put out. Um, it is a, an indie developed game by two Spanish lads. Um, came out in 2016, I think. Um, the, the, these gentlemen have a obsession with the, the naked female body, uh, and their, <laughs> their, their main character is a, a naked lady, um, who's apparently related to Tarzan and, and ends up going into the city. So like the front cover is horrific. It's a picture of a naked lady. Why haven't I uh, seen was this last week's video? Uh, was it last week's video? Yeah, I think it was last week's video. Um, but the game itself 
is okay. Um, uh, you know, the pit, there's, they've done eight bit characters, so it's not like you can see anything. Um, sorry, teenage boys listening to the podcast. Um, dude, dude, to be honest, we've all been there. Pixels is fine at a certain time of your life. That'll do. <laughs> okay. So let's just hope that not yeah. many of them have access to a Mega Drive with this incredibly yeah. rare physical indie game. Uh, so all hell's breaking loose. Yeah. So um, I've been playing that, but a lot of Mega Drive, a lot of Mega Drive. I've got uh, a few games in that I'm still working through. Marco's Magic Football. Um, kind of getting used to the kind of odd controls and that, but uh, enjoying that. Um, a visually amazing on the Mega Drive, and you know. It's great to see mm. that it's 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 based in the UK. You can see all the UK street signs and um, really, really impressive, uh, actually, from to, a technical to me, point that, of view. That game owes probably quite a lot to the, I would say, indie scene, but I don't know a lot about the game. I remember it being on the back of every single magazine like Street Racer was back in the day. You'd flick open a, a magazine and boom, there was a Marco football advert in there. Yeah. But it does. It feels like it owes an awful lot to games of the Amiga generation. You know, that really detailed pixel art in the background where some mm. sixth form has obviously drawn his heart out. You know, actually managed yeah. to end up working at a developer that's making AAA uh, Amiga games that get ports to consoles. And it's that British eye to detail. Um, mm. that brought us Lemmings and, and Putty Squad, for example, and the comic relief game that I always look back on, Sleepwalker, I think it was called. Absolutely brilliant game. And if you ever heard of that, no. um, I think I don't think it came. I don't think it got it escaped the ecosystems of the Atari ST or the Amiga. But I think it would have been with comic relief stripped out. The idea of it was great. You were a dog, and basically your owner would wake up and sleepwalk and it was a puzzle platformer so you had to sort of flick switches so he could walk uninterrupted without harming himself while he was asleep so really yeah really good concept uh, to in fact while we're here if that's not on ant stream why the hell is it not right i'll follow up on that i'll see if we can get that licensed (laughs) <laughs> they probably already got it right you yeah. know it, it was called sleepwalker it was developed in the uk around the 19234 era i had a physical copy of it i think if you bought the physical copy a donation went to comet relief but uh really good game um it's probably abandonware now uh unless there's some licenses to pay for the use of the comet relief license i don't know but yeah. i would imagine a donation might make that go away um what else have you been playing uh what else have i been playing i think let me have a look at my shelf i think that oh no i have been playing commandos on the sega mega drive oh i'm so glad i wanted to so, know more about this after the initial so, play test does it still hold up it is very good is it? it's it's awkward because you have to use a controller um you have to use a six button controller so it's awkward in places but uh, again, if, if this was, if you had this exact port on the PC now, you'd be like, this is, uh, this is not very good at all. Mm. Why am I playing this? But the play, I don't know. There's something about playing something that is, should be technically impossible to do. Uh, uh, it brings its own enjoyment. Uh, you know, there's a yeah. lot of these games that I'm playing, uh, the indie games that are coming out on the Mega Drive now that if they're out on the Nintendo Switch, I would be, uh, yeah, it's a, a kind of okay indie game. But I think the fact that they're running on this old hardware brings mm. a, a, a next level amount of appreciation to um, what you're actually interacting with. So 
Uh, I would say Commandos is very, very impressive. It's It's got the gameplay of Commandos there. You know, it's got the tactics and you're switching between your characters and sneaking and uh, coming up behind guys and taking them out uh, before moving to another character who's wading through the water uh, to get to a, um, a, another group of enemies. Um, so, yeah, I'm super impressed with what they've managed to achieve there. And actually, I think that you could it's it's ripe for uh, an indie developer to take that formula showing that it works and actually do a really nice optimized original title based on those mechanics well my i have a question and forgive me because there's there's a little bit of knowledge here and we know a little bit of knowledge is dangerous but what do you know about blast processing the the iconog iconic jargon that sega got behind in the 90s well you know blast processing is real right i do know it's real yeah yeah so i was i've always followed blast processing more of is like a u.s centric marketing thing um and you know i know the story behind it where the engineers were basically talking about how they could blast um is it certain processing points within the mega drive to get more colors into it um but it was was it mid 2000s uh maybe 2015 um where they actually managed to replicate it reliably regardless yeah, of I what presume, display you're on if we're talking about the same guy it's the guy who used to be the probably lead developer for traveler's tales wasn't it and he's got a i think so it's well, a group i think it was like two of them or two or three of them um there's a there's a whole um there's a documentary on it um with digital foundry um oh. uh, so if you I haven't got, seen that, I, I haven't oh, seen that one. But I definitely that. watch it. Definitely watch it because it's like uh, they basically tell the story of how, like maybe was it five, six years ago, they reliably uh, managed to get blast processing actually working regardless of the display that you're on. So and it's it's quite an engineering feat, you know. I don't understand all the ins and outs of it, but um, it sounds like it, it's a, a real engineering feat to manage to get this this thing actually working. That's that's a shame because I was going to offer it up as a solution to bring in games that had sort of scanned in backgrounds. Yeah, uh, and then so the Mega Drive basically steams its face off to get the. I can see this working with like Commandos, where you would then sort of block off areas and say, "Okay, th- th- this is a building, so you can't walk in or through it. You can only walk around it," and then basically just have the sprite work on screen and the Mega Drive blowing steam out of its mega cd port <laughs> throwing this blast processed image up at probably something close to 380p knowing knowing how things work but at least then the image would have all of the colors and all of the representation and yeah. you know could you even then get a version of resident evil working on the mega drive where it only had to concentrate on the flat sh- literally the character well then you'd have the enemies wouldn't you which would also have, have you seen the d make of resident evil for the mega drive no i've se- is that that really beautiful i think you might have covered it but i i do yeah. believe it's like a top-down one but they've actually recreated every room so if there was a cupboard there there's a cupboard there in the d make but it's obviously done in a pixel art style not there and i did think that was that was yeah, it's, it's it's isometric 2D. So That's you still it. get the kind of uh, 3D and then they've uh, done, done the retroscoping over the characters. So they've actually got the 3D character walk animations and the dog attacks and the monster attacks so all good. retroscoped uh, 
yeah but the yeah the, the russian guys that are making that i speak to them quite regularly um and it's just a passion project they've got but they're oh, it just looks so good um just the the again the technical there's something again about having a limited palette a limited set of tools and then trying to make something amazing out of it i think yeah you know, that's the when you when you were last on and, and before we get lost in the headiness of me and you you know geeking out for six hours and then forgetting <laughs> that we're recording a show um obviously you now work for Antstream, a site where you can go and you can play thousands of games across multiple generations of system and no systems off limits as far as Antstream are concerned you can play this through your browser normally you'd be saying oh, george there's got to be a subscription fee you're gonna have me leg up probably i'm gonna have to donate 50p to mike's charity or none of that and not just because it's christmas Antstream is free and it remained free for as long as I can foresee. Now, everything you want to do there, you're a little bit curious about a game, but you don't want to buy it, and you don't want to buy the system. Go on Antstream, fire it up, play a copy of whatever it is on the N64, play a copy of whatever it is on the SNES. Whatever takes your fancy, that's completely up to you. Now, not only is Mike custodian of the Antstream vault, a man of extreme taste if you want anyone selecting wine to go in your wine cellar you want a man with a palate that's so broad ranging that he can literally taste a dot leaf from 400 yards away and tell you why it tastes like the inside of a tramp's boot this man is the is that for video games he, he he's, he's at the top there making it nice making the systems good this man's got history he's a developer triple a if you know anything about gaming you know about playstation home it owes its whole creation to this man. He's going to go, oh, no, George, no. But it does. All right, take it. Okay, this is where we're at. The legend of the business, the best hidden gem you've ever seen in your life. Metal Jesus Rocks would do a six-hour video on this guy. But do you know what? Metal Jesus Rocks in it on the table. Okay, it's still an official controller podcast. That's where you're at, Mike. Okay, we're very grateful for you being here. Not only do you do all that wonderful stuff for Amstream, but you're also a terribly good egg who's collecting a full PAL Mega Drive set, and then bringing us along on the journey with you to see your shelves fill episode after episode. But it's not a big wee-wee-waving competition. He makes us feel part of the journey. He brings his inclusivity. Little facts pop up on the screen. All sorts of weird stuff pop on the screen. Get your peepers out. Yeah, this guy's got law. Get involved. All right? And... He brings us on this journey so we can see what it's like to taste these Mega Drive games, the hurdles of being a gaming collector, and he wraps it all up in this pretty package with his pixel art style retro gamer boy on YouTube. To be honest with you, I don't even know why he's still taking my calls because your channel's, it, it's, it's like a Tesla rocket. It's heading for the stars and there ain't no one stopping it. So while we still got the opportunity to get you on here, and if... If people haven't paused this podcast, ran off to whatever device they use and subscribe to everything you do, including <laughs> the woodworking pamphlet that you bring out in your local area, okay? Not only does he give out to the world, but he believes charity begins at home. He does a woodworking magazine for his local community. What an absolute legend. Uh, so <laughs> now we've got that out of the way. We've got you pumped. We've... I don't think I didn't want to waste any more time me talking about games. Although I quickly run by you, I played and finished Ratchet and Clank 2016 recently. 
Uh, I don't know if I finished it before or I got so far. I think I've maybe played it on the kids' account and we just had some fun with it. And then I've gone back through and done it myself on my main account. Wonderful game. Um, And I've also been playing Infamous Second Son. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Why didn't I? (laughs) Why did I never play this before? It's amazing. Absolute joy. Uh, and if you've got an HDR set, once you get the neon powers, to be honest with you, if you didn't have a neon set and you took your PlayStation down to Curry's and your mum, come on, mum, look at this, and you show, remember what it looked like at home? Boom, look at this. You'd be like, oh, get the TV, Johnny, get the TV. It looks amazing. And I'm playing it uh, away. I've got a, a base PS4 with me. I'm playing it on base PS4, and I'm saying, <laughs> my goodness. This looks next gen. Oh, hang on a minute. This doesn't make any sense, George. People are, it's got a PS5 up, a patch as well. I mean, goodness knows what it looks like on there. But the gameplay is what will keep you coming back, Mike. Have you ever had the fortune of playing Infamous Second Son? I have. I love the Infamous series. I even got the, uh, did you get the expansion disc, uh, the second version, uh, second follow up to Second Son that tells oh. the story of the girl? I have it because it was. I bought it for a couple of quid. And I thought that's too cheap to leave behind. Yeah. That is. Uh, so I do have it, and I was gonna. I've just got to the part in the story where you're chasing her down, and I thought to myself, now might be a good time. Now might be a good time to play that game, <laughs> and then come back to this. Uh, so that's what I'm weighing up. But uh, yeah, yeah, really it's good, stunning, stunning visual effects in it. Just, I mean. Forget about PlayStation 5. When I saw that, I was just like, they're so amazing just to see how spectacular that game is and how powerful it makes you feel. The facial captures as well. Uh, even when you're not in a sort of hardware accelerated cutscene, as I would like to call it, and they're just doing the game characters, and they're, so it's, they're in a phone conversation, you're panning the camera around, and the, their actual mouth movements and the, the absolutely first class. Yeah. I was because this is what I would call a launch window PS4 game. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Very impressive. To be honest, set the bar quite high, and to be honest, probably didn't get nudged much higher uh, until maybe Ghosts, which is another uh, sucker punch game, and then uh, and maybe Last of Us Two. I, I don't know, but there's times where that, considering how large it is in scale, mm-hmm. uh, I was thinking this is good and. If you've played the superhero games, you've played Spider-Man, and you're thinking, oh, there's nothing else left to play on PlayStation. <laughs> Guess what? There is. It's called Infamous. And if you've yeah. got a PS3 kicking around and you've not played the first two, you say you like Infamous 2. I-, I like the darkness of Infamous 1, if I'm being honest. I mean, I, I prefer Infamous 1 over Infamous 2. I think Infamous 2 was, they took, it was the more of what you had formula, right? Um, and you had to clear mm. out the different um was it the flooded areas isn't it you had to clear out the different flooded areas yeah because it's like in um, a deep south sort of river yeah. sort of area isn't it yeah and uh, i think um you know two was a struggle because a lot of people you know your main uh your hero your anti-hero had had uh had passed on and you were playing a new character and i mm. think there was a bit of like mm, it's it, it's but it was still great i think it was still great that the mechanics they had they didn't waste on those mechanics and the story was uh was pretty solid and again that team everything they do is super polished really you know they just go oh, yeah. a level that no one else goes to 
Stay with us. We'll be right back. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that owl has to be an action adventure. Yes. Oh dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. To that point. You know, even I often use this, you know, analogy, but even in places that you probably shouldn't be really paying that much attention, there's detail. And that br- that brings me into a game more than anything. You know, when you're in some an area that an artist probably shouldn't have wasted five minutes on, but he's wasted probably six hours. He's like, this is a pretty good dead end street, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, yeah, it's brilliant. And once you start building up your moveset in the PS4 version and you can you can almost fly uh you know you start boosting those skills together with the fire ones to start with and you can sort of the bit where you can go in a vent you turn mm. into smoke you go into a vent and then unsmoke on the roof that graphical effect still <laughs> looks amazing now yeah uh anyway enough of this i brought you down sir mike for a good old ponsilbury christmas some would say around this time of year on the Ponsonbury estate, magic can happen. Now, I want you to pour yourself a large glass of whatever it is you fancy. Because here in the library at Ponsonbury Manor, we have a book I like to read to friends around this time of year. And it's a book called The Retro Man. Leather-bound, it's been around for a long time. Apparently written 500 years ago, but referring to things that only happen now or could be happening now. It's the magic of this book. Some say, Mike, that the story's different depending on who it is that's reading it. The story's different depending on who it's being read to. Interesting. Let me reach down this lofty tome. Apparently written by a character called Tom, conspicuous by his absence. Hmm. Here we go. The Retro Man. The day was the 24th of December. As eleven year old Harry woke from a lazy long sleep, he slid out of bed and opened his curtains and walked out onto the landing. He admired the lights and decorations placed around the top of the staircase, but then he noticed something he had never seen before. A long, thin, grey cable with a strange shaped plug on the end was hanging down from the loft hatch. After a few seconds, he carried on down the stairs for some breakfast. Harry's father was busy at the stove cooking some eggs. Scrambled eggs, Harry? Yes, please, Dad, replied Harry. Harry then began to ask his father if he had seen the long cable hanging down from the loft. Mm. 
Harry's dad mumbled as he scooped the egg onto Harry's breakfast plate. Uh, I don't remember seeing it, but why don't you, uh, after breakfast, I open the hatch uh, and you have a look while I clear out the snow from the garden path. Harry, turn that radio up. I think it's the news. It's time for the news. We've scoured the very darkest regions of the internet to bring you the latest stories. First up, I'm, I don't even, uh, you know, we're now radio presenters. This is, this, this is gone deep, this has, Mike. First bit of news coming up. Christmas means gifts. Well, kind of. Square Enix has an early Christmas present in store for anyone who grabbed the Final Fantasy VII Remake via PlayStation Plus early this year. You can upgrade this version of the game to the enhanced PlayStation 5 version for free starting this Wednesday. When Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate released in June, only those who had actually bought the game were allowed to upgrade for free. Six months later, the offer expands to those who got the RPG through PS Plus. But never late than never, we suppose. This means PS5 owners who did claim the, so- the game via Sony's subscription service can look forward to either 60 frames per second support or a 4K resolution. Not both. One or the other. Uh, through the two modes on offer. Better yet, the Yuffie DLC titled Episode Intermission is going on sale for the limited time alongside this PS Plus offer. You'll be able to save 25%, bringing the price down to $14.99. We, uh, when we reviewed uh, the episode Intermission on PS5, said it won't blow anyone's mind, but it's still an enjoyable adventure and worth uh, seeing through. This offer from Square Enix at least fixes one of the bigger problems hurting PS Plus right now, the lack of free PS4 to PS5 upgrades. For titles that hit the service, it happened most recently with Mortal Shell, but has been an issue as far back as Greedfall's inclusion at the very start of 2021. But at least we have a positive outcome here. If you claim Final Fantasy VII Remake through PS Plus and own a PS5, the free upgrade is yours from the 22nd. So, Mike, your thoughts on this? Because at the time, everyone said, oh, classic Sony, you know, not very good, Square Enix, usual games, blah, 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 blah. And, okay and now they're giving it away for free should they have done that before or was this the right thing to do i'm not gonna lie george i'm indifferent um i this happens every single month it seems within games somewhere Mm. you know it's uh at the end of the day i think uh you know consumers are getting a good deal out of it um, you know, there's millions of pounds worth of uh, software being developed and uh, they're, they're getting a half-decent deal out of it. Agreed. I, I always like to... We're all gamers. We all like to play games. We all like to get something for not a lot of money and feel like we're getting a good deal. I also sometimes like to look at it from a business point of view. Businesses can't afford to give everything away all of the time. And I'm sorry if no one can understand that, but it's an absolute fact. They wouldn't be here if they didn't charge for stuff. And we all love games. So part of that is the tax of paying the money to play it. Now, this all kicked off because they gave away a free version of Final Final Fantasy VII Remake on PS PS Plus. Very generous. At the time, there was an enhancement for the PS5 version. You didn't get that. PS5 users got a different game. PS4 users got this without the upgrade. They've now decided to bundle it together in a way that might entice people for Christmas. I don't necessarily have a problem with it, but I do see like mounting 
bad will evidence barrels forming against different uh, developers of either software or hardware or both uh, about what people's rights are for stuff they should have. And, you know, these have people have to pay wages out of selling these things. I just, I don't have an, I don't know. Am I at the wrong end of the, am I at the wrong end of the stick here, Mike, or, or what's, what's going I, on? Here? I don't know. I think it, it's, it's, I find it so hard to second being um, like, I understand the consumer sentiment. Absolutely. But like you say, um, you know, there's, you, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, if you're running these development houses, you see mm. some, uh, you know, one month everyone's moaning because they didn't get a free um, extra that other users are getting. The next month, the company's gone bankrupt and everyone's, uh, you know, upset with the company that went bankrupt. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah, of course they went bankrupt because everyone was demanding free from them. Um, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> games cost so much. And, and, and sometimes, you know, something will be free on one platform and not on another because uh, one is needs to be driven. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need needs needs users, and it will be free. Other times, it's deals that you know the platform holder will do. So maybe Sony said, "Look, um, do it for free on the the PlayStation Five or PS Four, and and we'll we'll subsidize that because we need more people to come over to this platform, right?" So it it, it it's really hard to kind of make those you know without seeing what's happening in the background. There's always a driver, and the driver is we got to make some cash. Or we got to bring people to a platform. Or we got to do something here to to get interest in it. Um, it's never done with the. Oh, do you know what? We could really annoy some people by doing this. Uh, so let's do it to, to to get people's backs up. Right. That's that's never that's never the case. But inevitably, it will always upset someone. Uh, I mean, let, never. Let, no one's ever going to be happy with it. I let think. me give the consumer a positive spin on this. Let's say whenever it was in June, you added Final Fantasy VII Remake to your to your PSN library. Well done. Free game. Great game. Free of charge. Excellent move. Guarantee you, 90% of the people that added it haven't played it yet. As a special incentive to maybe have a little go on it around Christmas time, when people have got a little bit more time because of leave and all that other good stuff, the birth of God's son, if you believe in all that. You know, You've now got a reason to dig it out on your PS5 if you've got one. And look how amazing it is at the graphics. And if you liked it that much, for an extra special deal, for only $14.99, you can have all the Yuffie DLC as well. And as I said, we thought it was enjoyable. So there's a positive spin. Let's leave it there because it's the time of giving for all men. What's this? (laughs) Uh, Just had a message in from the... uh, the union of prisoners saying oh. that uh, that's not terribly a very inclusive joke for them this time of year. I apologize, oh. prisoners. Uh, what is the next bit of news, Sir Mike? Well, uh, you'll be glad to hear there's reductions, but not in all the right ways. Uh, oh, yeah. If you've been in the market for a Seagate one terabyte storage expansion card for your Xbox Series X and S, you might be interested to know that Microsoft has temporarily discounted it in the UK, now sitting at a price of $194.99. Now, if you know nothing about games, you wouldn't have understand that sentence at all. But let's carry on with the news because you'll find this price at a variety of retailers. But most interesting part for Microsoft reward users is that you also 
discounted at the Microsoft store. So you can put some of your hard-earned points towards it if you want to. Don't forget that there are two more variants of the Seagate expansion card slowly rolling out into retailers in uh, 512 gigabytes. That was massive back in my day. Two terabyte (laughs) versions as well. Also, although these don't appear to be hitting the official Microsoft store until late 2022 in January. The one terabyte version has reviewed well and confirms that it does a great job if you're looking at a storage option with exactly the same speed and performance as the Xbox Series X and S's internal drives. If you just want extra storage for your Xbox One games, you could always get the standard HDD or hard drive or SDD instead. Or SD, SSD, sorry. As long as you don't pick up the STD, Mike, from the basket, I think you're doing fine. Okay, I, I, you know, I I got lots of things in my mind and uh, STD was one of them. So uh, maybe you can get that for the Xbox Series X. Maybe that's the headline there. 40 terabyte STD. Yes. (laughs) Stick it in the back of your console. It's like a virus, but worse. (laughs) Happy Christmas, boy. You've you've enjoyed getting it in the Xbox, but, uh, you know, there's consequences. So possibly when you're inserted for the first 30 seconds, it's the best game you've ever played. But then yes. every time after that, it somehow infects all your other games and makes them yes. terrible. Yes. <laughs> Even better, it gets into into your friends list and infects all your relationships as well. So like gives them STDs. Perfect. Right. <laughs> if yes. there's a hacker, someone needs to make this right now because that is the most hilarious. I won't be laughing when I catch an STD, a digital one. Yeah. Anyway, all that aside, 194 for a terabyte. I think, yes, good price. The 512, I think, is like 124. I don't know what the two terabytes is. Like one terabyte at 194 is good. Annoying that the price is at that now, because if it had been a week ago, I'd have bought a one terabyte instead of a 512. I, I, you know, I still think we're getting... I think we're beyond storage sizes do you not think do you think we should just have cloud storage everywhere unlimited oh i don't disagree with with you about that um i still find it bizarre that the new con i found it really odd that the new consoles came out and i was like looking at one terabyte and two terabyte drives and i was like we needed those when playstation 4 was out um at, at its launch the problem is that Stay with us. We'll be right back. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today. Cloud's great, and I've seen some great examples recently of how good cloud can be. But it's still not as good as the actual hardware doing it in your in your room. You know, for people like us in Ponsonbury Manor, the, the internet's not the best. It's, it's good enough. It'll get by. You can do 
Zoom meetings and all that good stuff, not a problem. If you wanted to cloud a stream again and you wanted it to look the absolute business without That's pairing true. and pixelation and other things, it's probably going to be a bit lacking. Would I see, accept that? Maybe. See, I'm thinking cloud storage rather than cloud streaming. So what you would do is you would have your one terabyte drive for your active game, but I've got a library of 40 games uh, and I don't want to lose them. And I know the store will go away at some point, like uh, the PlayStation store goes away. And so if Question, I can have some... Though, if, let's say you say, I own I own this game, okay? It's technically all your p- online purchases for PlayStation or Xbox are already in the cloud. How would it be beneficial to 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 have... Technically, we already have that, Mike. Well, you don't have that permanently, though, do you? Uh, I suppose not. No. I know with PlayStation, you get an allocation of space for your saves. You obviously don't get an allocation of space for your library. Yeah. Uh, and this, this is the thing I kind of want to see. And, uh, you know, I think Xbox have wrestled with this for a bit is... We're, we're getting into the point now where we uh, gamers want to keep their games. Uh, and the way we used to do that is you'd buy it in a box, you'd stick it on the shelf uh, mm. and you kept your game. But, uh, you know, a lot of the games are downloadable. Once the stores are gone, you can't get access to that. If your hard drive dies, that's that game gone. How, how do you get that back again? Um, and I think, you know, that that's where cloud storage could be an option and that could just be a token that you know all the games are stored you've got access to them to wherever and it's just recognizing if you've purchased it so in 20 years time if you want to download your copy of uh, gears of war and it doesn't exist <laughs> you know you can you can go on there and redeem your token and download it and play it on your your, your original hardware again so um i think it's just how how do we how do we get to a point where we can have this um preservation of of gaming um you know we have it with movies and music and, and well books. i think are, are we about to approach what some when we look back on this era what gaming historians are we about to enter into what gaming historians would refer to as the dark ages i think so so a lot of things aren't going to be put to a physical medium therefore if you don't have them downloaded and pray to god they work these things will be gone. So when an historian looks back, I'm not talking about now. I'm not talking about people's tastes now. I'm not talking about people saying, oh, I think you're getting all wrapped up in cloud storage, George. You're all getting lost, wrapped up in scriptures. So forget all that. Forget all that. It's not the conversation we're having here. Me and Mike are looking at this mature men above, above all that. 400 years in the future, looking back with an historian's eye. Okay, if I want to know about Sonic the Hedgehog 2, fine. I'll pick up a copy on the Mega Drive. I'll go to the, I'll go to the museum library. I'll rent out a copy of this. I'm using white gloves. I'm being very gentle. I, I daren't play it, but I, I can certainly, as an historian, get representation of the idea of what's going on. I want to have a look at a game from 2025. Software only. Meant to be one of the greatest games ever made. Can I play it? Can I fig? F-I-G. It's a Christmas reference, okay? It's not a swear. Can I fig? Therefore, Dark Ages. Now, as a gaming collector, do I identify as a gaming collector? Hmm. No, probably. I see this as not a good time, but do we need to be able to look back at every individual game or, or is this an issue that could just swamp the whole hobby? I I think we have the capability more than ever before to, to keep hold of everything. Mm. There's, 
you know every uh i i, I imagine there's every game and every film that's out there is is somewhere um and you can get hold of it but uh yeah, I maybe was it's about not to use that analogy yeah yeah, maybe maybe it's not not everything, but uh, even some of the big games, like you know, only recently PlayStation Home has uh, reared its head. Um, but there was uh, quite a possibility of that, you know, if, if someone hadn't contributed to that community, uh, that that PlayStation Home would have never come back again. Um, and there's you know bigger, more popular titles that require server backends that, um, without having some access to original code, uh, could you know could be lost forever so what, some of the biggest games around could be lost forever while while i've got you pique my interest <laughs> there let's talk of playstation home you scoundrel I, obviously we know about the ps1 initiative i think we've talked about it not you and i but the show's talked about it the ability to bring some of these playstation 3 games back i know it's a bit of a sticky subject for you so feel free to cop out at any point in time that you want to these games are up and running some of them great motorstorm brilliant i think resistance and some other stuff really well done to these people this community is putting this online element back into games almost bringing the games back to life because there's nothing worse than putting a game in and 60 percent of it feeling dead you know if you play in a classic game a lot of the 2005 onwards games had multiplayer crowbarred into them as well so as soon as you turn it on you already know you're not getting the full hit of what you could have had back in the day you're only getting a small wafer thin slice of campaign or whatever it is so what they're doing is amazing now obviously maybe the dream end goal of these guys would be to get something like playstation home up and running but the question is forgive my forgive my innocence but one would imagine that would be extremely difficult because at no point in time did someone actually hold the majority of the code on their console. And certainly that code probably couldn't be cracked wide open and replicated in a way that someone would be able to regenerate from reverse engineering a copy of PlayStation Home that PS1 initiative could hold and people could then interact and enjoy. I certainly can't see in any of your PlayStation tap that was unlocked during the home era being able to be worn front and center in your playstation ecosystem i don't see that happening but is there a small chance a glimmer that somewhere somehow someone could bring back playstation home and people could access through it at ps3 or are we thinking this is just a it's never going to happen george no i th- i think there's a an initiative to do this already but uh, my but without i don't want to crack a playstation 3 that's my yeah. bottom line of something i am not willing to do i know people are like oh what's the point it's a dead console why are you bothered about the firmware i just want it to be running stock as it left the factory or as close to as possible then i know it's all good can i still do this if i didn't crack a ps3 would you would you do it if it was uh, on PC emulation? Is it the original source code? Well, it would have to be to be able to run. Okay, I'm getting interested. I don't know if I've got a powerful enough PC for that. <laughs> and you're like, what? Not as powerful as a PS3? Yeah, Mike, I'm telling you now nowhere near as powerful as a ps3 you're just you're just preserving a different kind of uh, a different kind of era with that pc i'm surprised the 286 will run zoom but you know what ponsibri i told you this time of year it has magic okay lots yep. of magic 
Do you have a two-button mouse yet? Mumsy was down Poundland. Now, I didn't think the 286 could process this, but she's got me a wireless one with one of those scroll things. The scroll's not actually attached to anything, but I see it as like a fidget spinner. Oh, it's not a bad deal, is it? Anyway, so people must check out the PS1 initiative. People must... uh, I like the fact with the PS1 initiative as well that you just change a couple of IP settings and it just runs normal. Nothing is out of the ordinary. You load it up and boom, it'll work seamlessly. That was the first thing that made me go, this is something that I could get into because this is minimal interference mm. to get the maximum result. I like that. Anyway, and that was a little bit of bonus, bonus news soon as it's yeah. Christmas, Mike. Question, though, did we miss anything or do we have an opinion or take on the news that you missed? And let's face it, more than likely did, but it's Christmas, so you could let us off. If you need to let me know that I've missed out the biggest Christmas gaming story in history, you probably want to let us know through questions at unofficialcontrollerpodcast.com. You can DM us on Instagram or Twitter or interact with the posts, whatever takes you fancy, to be honest. But the main place, the place where you can interact with me, even Sir Mike, Tom, Bobby, all the names you've heard on the show, Retro Gamer, Thomas Bobolo, Bradden the Artist, the Finster Gamer, Gaming Graham, the list goes on. If I don't include everyone, I'm going to get shot. No doubt everyone's someone's going to be like, now why you mention me? I'm really sorry. Okay, it was a small small subsection of the show. Okay, love to everybody. Just because you didn't... Anyway, the Discord is the place to go hang out. I think I pump it too much. People, I think, are wary of it now because they're like, well, why is he pumping it so hard? Because it's free. And, you know, I thought it might be of use to you, but you know what? I'm going to play it cool now. You know, don't be the des- desperate guy at the disco. Okay. Wait till two, three in the morning. Take the larger lady home, right? Guarantee. It's fine. That's the sort of listener I'm looking for now, Mike. <laughs> sounds like <laughs> sounds like, sounds like a dream. <laughs> Your face is like, where's he going with this? No, it's not good. Anyway, we were in a dreamlike state status there, almost feeling like we were lost. Uh, let's turn down the news. And fade back into this wonderful country kitchen scene. Harry wolfed down his last bits of scrambled egg and ran upstairs to get changed. He could hear his father reaching for a latch with a long hooked pole. Uh, 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 I got my lower back. I got it. You got ya. His dad said with a feeling of accomplishment after several failed attempts swinging the pole around the landing, almost laughing in tears at his father's lower back problems. Harry's dad shouted through to him that he was changed. He could climb the ladder and that it had slid down up into the loft. Did you see the cable, dad? Oh, Harry, are you sure you saw it? Dad explained to Harry that he always made sure everything was boxed up safe because he had ended up with Mumsy's old foot spa falling down the hatch and hitting him on the head one year whilst trying to bring the decorations down. He walked down the stairs after telling Harry to be careful to start clearing the snow, blocking the path for Thomas the postman. Harry started the climb, the aluminium steps. In fact, no, they were aluminum steps which felt cold on his hands as he poked his head through the top of the hatch. The cable that had vanished was now coiled up, laying in the corner, just at the end of the loft boards. 
As Harry walked towards the edge of the boards, the cable suddenly moved, and a noise that sounded like an old power-up in one of Harry's dad's video games echoed across the small loft. A large shadowy figure rose up. Harry froze entirely, still on the spot for a few seconds, until he gained the courage to shine the old lamp to see what was standing before him. A strange figure of a man made from mix of grey and black. Black plastics with red lights rise. Gazed it straight back at Harry. <laughs> it's all staying in, Sir Mike. Harry jumped and took a few steps back, hedging closer to the loft hatch. Nearly fell, but the machine reached out and grabbed him just in time. The machine's mouth, made, an old, made from an old cartridge slot, opened. It began to speak as dust spewed out with his first words. <laughs> Hello. Uh, I'm <coughs> I'm the retro man. I'm sorry for startling you. Harry felt like this moment had come to him. When he had played old games with his father, he knew that blowing on the contra- on the cartridge slot would be a great way to invoke life into this strange-looking amalgamation of plastic. Not down there. Sorry, retro man. Where did you... Oh, your mouth. Much better, young man. Thank you. It's okay, Harry replied. Harry asked what the retro man was. I was made from your father's Christmas memories, all of his joys and happiness, playing video games with his family and friends at this special time of year. Come, Harry, my batteries are running low. I need some power. Harry leads Retro Man to his room, where he sucks the power from a Nintendo Switch. Like a vampire drinking blood. Oh, much better. Harry and Retro Man explore the house. This way, Retro Man, let me show you downstairs the Christmas decorations. Decorations? Is this a newfangled thing? We never had these back in the day. Every year at Christmas, Retro Man, we put them up to help us celebrate this special time of year. Why don't you come down with me? Do you eat, Retro Man? I eat bits. I eat bits all day long. What? (laughs) Let's see if Mummy has some bits in the kitchen, Retro Man. Oh, yes. I love bits. Maybe she'll share all her bits with me. (laughs) Let me give you another blow, Retro Man. (laughs) Much better. Very good. Here, I don't think Mummy's got any bits in the kitchen, but maybe this hot point washing machine could be used. It will do for now, young man. 
Retro Man, let me take you in the garage and show you my father's old motocross bike. Ooh, a bicycle. Go on, then. Let's have a go. Where could we go with this? I don't know. It's your story. Can we can we go and see Father Christmas, Retro Man? Do let's, you know him? Let's do that. Sounds like a fantastic character. Is he an NPC? I feel I feel everyone's an NPC in this story to Mike. <laughs> <laughs> they with that, the magic of Christmas and the nostalgia that fuels Retro Man. Somehow the bike was animated and lifted up. Imagine Hagrid and Harry flying home, but not the last time they flew, the first time. Not all the death and destruction, but the magic. They flew over ranges, rivers, and breathtaking in the crisp, fresh winter air. They land in the North Pole and meet many other retro men from all different parts of the world. Even one made from old Nokia. Nokia? I'm not safe here, am I? Nokia N-gauges. Retro man? What's he made out of? Uh, He's made out of what we used to call telephones, I believe. (laughs) Completely unpopular. No one wanted to play on it. It was utter trash. We all ended up ignoring him, and uh, most of us just went off and uh, hung around with the latest PlayStation. Oh, retro man. What? That? What? A telephone? Harry was amazed at all the different forms of technology he must have missed out on growing up in an era where technology is ever-present. It was here that they spilled around Father Christmas's North Pole factory stroke home. And they, at this point, stumbled across the letter receiving room. Retro man, what's this room? Uh, It's a room of letters, I believe. This is where the letters come when we write to Father Christmas. Uh, Dear Santi, my name is C. Dapliskin, who is up on Instagram. My mother tells me a lot about you and what you do for the Christmas and the holidays and the toys. I really like toys. My first was a spinning top that my cousin got me when I was five, and I still play with it often. 
Everyone says such wonderful things about you so close to now, and I agree with each and every one of them. For Christmas this year, I would like a guide on how to use Discord. All of my friends are up on Discord. Apparently so. I am I'm a video games man. I know nothing of your communication devices. Even though you're built of them. This is amazing, Retro Man. I I'm limited. I don't have one of those fangled ports that you could stick one of those high fiber things in and get me all jiggledy. I only deal with Couch co-op communication. Oh, I've heard talk of this couch co-op. Is that Netflix and chill, Retro Man? Again, you lose me, young man, with your newfangled words. It's where often two young consenting males would sit down. They would grab my buttons and play with my stick until they were both satisfied and then went on to go and do bigger and better things in life, like meet ladies. That's amazing, Retro Man. I never knew couch co-op was a thing. I can't wait to be a proper grown-up and try the other things that they went to try when they got older. (gasps) Look at that. It's that Father Christmas, Retro Man. Oh, uh, let me put my uh, CRTs on. <laughs> no, that's not Father Christmas. Why? That's my old friend Stingray. It's time for a peek in what we affectionately call Stingray's boot, what's nestled between some counterfeit nappies and a dodgy copy of Battlefront all this week. These are the new release highlights for the week of December 20th to December 26th, 2021. Listeners, these are out on digital or physical or will be by the time this podcast and your feed, but could be, depending on if you're in the North Pole or not, could be region dependent. Even though it's Christmas, Sir Mike, there's only two games, but that's probably because he's been out delivering them prior. I, I have to ask you as, as the situation dictates, what's he, what's he been, what do you think he's been up to this week, O'Gray? With all the games? Just generally. I, I mean, I, I find it hard to, to fathom what he can be up to. He's such a, a legend, uh, a mystical being. Um, mm. I mean, it blows my mind. It's like thinking about how big is space. Um, you know, that trying to think about what he could be up to uh, that, does that to me. That is an incredibly big mind experiment. Let me, let me propose this one to you. Is, is Stingray, you talk of him as this legend, this, this bigger than life being. Maybe people on Christmas see the Ray as Father Christmas. Because Ray exists outside of time and space. He has a boot that could accommodate anything. And you see him literally, I don't want to say anymore. That is... Maybe that's true of any spectre, ghoul, ghost, or pixie-type fantasy character. Could they all be Stingray? Wow, this has got incredibly deep. Yeah. Let me ask you this question. 
it's not often around this time of year you would normally delve into the sack of a man that looked quite like this. But this time of year, Sir Mike, I must encourage you, have a rummage. Tell me what you found. No, hang on a minute. I'm going to take what you've got. It's Lacuna on the PS4 and Xbox One. This is what I'm getting you. This is how we're going to do it. You wanted this game, so I've pulled it out and I'm going to gift it to you. Okay. I want the next game, you pull it out and gift it to me. So my gift to you on the PS4, the Xbox One, and if you can wait till the 28th of December on the Switch, it's on the uh, PS4 and Xbox on the December the 21st. It's a murder, a hack, a bombing. All it takes to plunge the solar system into war unless you do something about it. Help CDI agent Neil Conrad. It's funny how that 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 agency has decided to name themselves after a failed Phillips piece of hardware. But whatever whatever <laughs> rank floats your boat, as far as I'm concerned, make a string of increasingly difficult decisions in this modern dialogue-driven adventure set in a gorgeous 2D sci-fi noir universe. Because I believe in gifts I get for you, that's my mummy mummy. Ooh, that sounds very good. Well, I also have a gift for you. Well, what's Poorly wrapped. Poorly wrapped and slightly damaged from my journey over here. But uh, if you were to pull off the uh, paper in, in excitement, you'd find Scarf. Wow. For, for PC and Stadia. Uh, now, normally you'd be uh, have to wait until December the 23rd to get this, but you're getting your hands on it now. And Scarf is an atmospheric and emotional mm. journey about what it means to be a hero. An adventure gaming mix uh, adventure game mixing puzzles and 3D platforms. Explore beautiful crafted worlds and discover your true destiny with the help of a dragon-shaped scarf. That's possibly the best present anyone's ever bought me, apart from when I changed my name to George. As a child, I was known as Harry and this strange being made of plastic that I had a... To be honest, looking back, I get a little bit of PTSD because it kind of like encouraged me to blow in ports I shouldn't have been blowing in at that age. But to be fair, yeah, I'd seen the bigger boys doing it and the game worked. And, you know, I, anyway, I don't want to talk about it. I've also got you another gift. Okay. Ooh, go on then. It's a UMD copy of Home Alone 2, the greatest Home Alone movie ever made. Now, last week, unfortunately, due to a software glitch, I raved for about 20 minutes about Home Alone 2, which I'd avoided thinking it was a sequel of a, an okay movie, but a Christmas movie. I didn't really want to engage with it too much. And my heartfelt monologue fell on the cutting room floor, sadly. Oh, But let me tell you, Home Alone 2 is the greatest Home Alone movie and possibly could be, ergo, the greatest Christmas movie ever made. Bold. But that's the kind of guy I am. I, I like hire, it. I hang on to a firebrand opinion like that and watch it lose me all my friends and influence. It's fine. I, I'm a big, at Christmas, I, I need to sit down and watch Home Alone 1 and 2. It is part of my Christmas ritual to engage with that and to do it on UMD, a man after my own heart. Fire up that PSP, stick it in there, get it whirling. I can go anywhere I like. As long as you've got battery. Yeah. Well, even if you don't have battery, you know, look at the uh, glare of your face and imagine yourself as Macaulay Culkin in his uh, antics. <laughs> <as he> tries, <laughs> tries, takes on the beasties that are trying to take him out. So, you know, it's a win-win with that device. Okay. 
well, who'd have thought? I suppose <laughs> before, do you know what? He's gone. He's disappeared like smoke. But before we go back to the story, I feel we ought to just check in on the... Uh, it intrigued me. So proud of me as a good little six-year-old. Try so younger than most of the kids back in my in class. Before we slip back to and the then story. after that, I would like everyone in the world to get a PlayStation 5 for the Christmas. I think it's so cool that only a couple of people get to have fun with them this year. And I want all the good kids in the world to be happy as me. And then I would like a permanent membership of Spotify Premium because I I also love my music and I want to listen to it all year long. And finally, finally... The party erupts with singing and dancing. Retro man, let's dance! Why, young man, I always like playing with three-plus children. That's how all-encompassing you are, Retro Man. I love you. Yes, also your father's parents forgot to turn on the parental settings, so anyone can have a go. That explains the journey over here and my high-pitched voice, Retro Man. Oh, oh dear. I feel that we're crossing over into parental guidelines now. That inner core of program always working to keep the children safe, Retro Man. That's why they love you. Very good. I'm stuck for lines. I'm starting to feel tired. Can we fly home, please? Of course, although I do feel my power waning. We best leave soon, young Harry. They set flight and they return to Harry's home. And Father catches a glimpse of Retro Man. He can't quite believe it's him. Harry Harry and Retro Man return to the loft as he begins to power down. Retro Man, while you're powering down, I was wondering if you could tell me what you're hoping to play. Mike, Sir Mike, what are you hoping to play? What am I hoping to play? Over uh, the Christmas period as well. This being a Christmas special. And everything. Do, you, do you know what? I <clears throat> I really want to play uh, Minecraft Dungeons. I, I'd kind of put it to one side as a, a, a kind of spin-off of, of Minecraft. And I don't mind playing a bit of Minecraft. I don't mind admitting. I don't mind playing a bit of Minecraft every now and then to kind of calm me down. It's not like I get angry, but it, it, I find it relaxing. The calmest um, man in the world needs to play Minecraft to calm down. It's like... <laughs> I can't imagine you when you're calm, let alone yeah. angry. It's, it's, it's just saint. Uh, yeah, my Minecraft uh, dungeons. I like I like hack and slash. Uh, so I thought, you know, that might be something I could actually. And my wife likes playing hack and slash games, so I thought we could play that and maybe even get the uh, kids involved because it looks like it's uh, let, as let Retro me... Man would say, a three plus that doesn't require parental guidelines. <laughs> <laughs> Retro Man is an absolute legend. I want a t-shirt already. My what I would say is that uh, Minecraft Dungeons. I love Minecraft. Minecraft Dungeons doesn't necessarily float my boat that much, but James the work experience and everyone under the age of fourteen in this house is so into Minecraft Dungeons that I'm talking the depravity of level of an Excel spreadsheet to work out levels of gear and loadouts and things. And I, I like check in one. I'm like. Here you go, a little Christmas stocking filler, because it was super cheap. It's always been a, a relatively affordable game and, and accessible. 
I thought, I'll get him that. He likes Minecraft. You never know. It might be Fisher Price, my first hack and slash. I checked back in six months later. How are you getting on with that Minecraft? I'll have a look at this. Like level whatever it is with like this sword that fills the screen. And I'm like, oh my God, boy. And absolutely loves it. You know, encouraged his friends to buy it and uh, they're all playing it. And, you know, they've all got yep. deep on the stats as well. So, yeah, it looks terribly casual. But underneath that is a very deep hook mechanic of of all the hack and slash games will draw you in deep, I should say. Yeah, well, I, I've never really progressed past the age of seven. Uh, you know, I'm expecting <laughs> my my Christmas presents this year are going to be the same presents I got when I was eight or nine, uh, you know, video games and toys. So uh, I think uh, I'm, I'm willing to, like you said, it's it's dropped in price quite, you know, it's uh, it's 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 uh, it's almost like a, a primark of gaming. Uh, mm, throw, away, yes, throw away gaming, get in there and try it. And if it's not that great, stick it up on eBay. But um yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to that, and uh, I've had hints that I've been uh, an okay boy this year, uh, not good in every way, but an okay boy, uh, and so I'm hoping to get uh, a few Mega Drive games, uh, and hopefully not just shelf filler, but something that I could probably uh, get quite deep into. Um, so I got those, uh, wow. and then uh, what else have I got? There's oh, I'd love to get into some PS4. There's there's so many PS4 games that I have sealed waiting to play. Um, so I I want to get into those. I picked up um, I picked up Assassin's Creed Valhalla on Stadia. I got it for one pound. Um, oh my I got god, one pound on Stadia because it was like you could get it for fourteen pounds. And then I had a discount code and I had a 10 pounds off thing. So I thought there's no way you can stack these things. Mm. Thought I'd give it a bit cheeky, give it a try. Got it for one pound. So uh, I uh, I quickly just to try it, played, put it on my phone and I had PlayStation 5 level graphics uh, on my phone. I thought this is brilliant. I'll, I'll dust off the... Uh, founders edition joypad that i used only once uh <laughs> and uh i'll i'll give uh valhalla uh on stadia a go over the christmas period i uh stadia i we jokingly pump it every time i see a game that's coming out for it and you know it, it's, it's been lambasted and i do believe google are trying to move away from it like a dog that they got for christmas that they or a puppy they got for Christmas that now has become a dog. And so oh, that's terribly awkward. And to be honest, they want another puppy for Christmas. This one needs to go. Give it the heave ho. Okay, that's Stadia. That's how they've treated Stadia. Not even Google Glass got its pants pulled down and slapped like that. Stadia got dressed up on the first day of school, pushed out by its proud parents, Google, for everyone to laugh because he had his uniform all tucked in. I mean, come on. <laughs> give it a break. Uh they poured all that money in. They hired all those people, pulled people out of studios, dragged them into that. And now they've just dropped it like a hot stone. Come on. It takes longer than an afternoon to break into the gaming industry, Google. Just ask Microsoft. They're still trying, bless the cotton socks. You know what I mean? They've had success. And they slogged their guts out. Google yep. turned up, did a drawing. The teacher was like, well, it's a C plus the best. But if you don't rate, if you don't rate my academic abilities, I'm done with school. Oh, okay, Stadia, see you in a bit. You know, what a strange set of circumstances the amount of money google's got and they served that up like that yeah 
I mean, I know it's Christmas time, but my God, Stadia's like the Jesus of consoles at this point. Sent down to <laughs> die by its father for the gaming sins of all the generations before it. Does that uh, mean it's going to be resurrected uh, and then hailed as the second coming? Yeah, I can see people getting behind Stadia. Let's face it, the future is streaming, isn't it? Let's face it. I don't like it. I don't want it to be, but let's face it. It's cloud-based. It's streaming. The next PlayStation and Xbox, if it goes down that route, it's probably going to be no more powerful than a calculator because all it needs to do is sling stuff at the screen and sling stuff at the server. You know what? Yeah. It can be wafer thin. Who cares? But that's not where we're at. And, you know... I just like things to happen in front of me. I like to put the thing in and it happen. I don't want to pull down. A, do I want a system that, that can't actually run a game that just hosts a game? I don't want any of that. But equally so, does Stadia then represent a place that people will look back at and people will get nostalgic for? Imagine if you're like four of the four of pe- four of the people that bought Stadia, okay, yourself included. Imagine if one of you of those four had a child who looked up and saw this machine and went, oh, I've got nostalgia for that. 20 years from now, boof, Stadia Founders Edition, million quid. Yeah, yeah million right. quid, yeah. Seal you- water auction version, <laughs> yeah. two million. There's a billion. doesn't work. It's practically useless. It's a paperweight at best, but it's a footnote in gaming, Mike. And yeah. in the dark ages of gaming, that's the last bastion of a duel before we went deep. I think Google will just sell the service. They'll sell the cloud technology. So what they've done is proved that it can work. And they like all of Google's stuff, they don't really want to be the person that creates this stuff. They just want to be the person that sells the servers and the back end. And that's oh, yes. what Google will be. They will be, cool, hey, look, we did it. So it's possible. So if you have your own cloud gaming thing, Sony or whoever, here's all the Google services. The thing you is, use. The, the, the sad bit for that is, the sad or great bit is that, you know, you'd think of the three big scalps, Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft. Well, Microsoft probably doesn't need anyone's help because that's what they do. Sony could have used someone's help, but they got in bed on the Cloud Azure program from Microsoft. Fair play. It's a pretty good solution. So that leaves Google throwing all the money at the wall to make Stadia to potentially sell it to Nintendo, who doesn't really care about that. Or in I- fact, actually could work for them better than anybody else because they'll never need to develop another system. They would just drop this on a Switch, keep developing the Switch forever. If you want the bigger boy graphics, do the cloud gaming. If you want the Nintendo's classic style graphics, stick a card in the back of it. Happy Christmas, Bobby. Yeah. In fact, they, didn't they release their first cloud-based game this year? Mm, I think On they the did. Nintendo Switch? They did, yeah. It was Dying Light. Yeah, I think Doom, in, I think some of the other big games also incorporate elements of, uh, of cloud um, yeah. I think Doom did as well, but yeah, it's not the first time. Yeah, I think, I think Dying Light is completely cloud, so it's completely streamed. Is it? Yes, I think Dying Light. So basically, Light... you're paying 40 quid to hold a piece of plastic that basically just tells you switch to go to www.doom.com. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> that's Dyinglight.com, my bad. Yeah, I mean, that's the most with most of the uh, Switch games that are bigger than the cartridge. Like most developed, because it costs so much. It, it, every uh, increase in memory size in the cartridge costs you a lot more. So a lot of developers just basically give you the installer or even a pointer and then point you to the server to download the game. So again, if you run out of storage on your Switch and you delete that thing, don't think you got it on your cartridge because a lot of those games house no game at all. They literally house boot up screens 
um and, and an installer that point you to the store so uh you know in oh, in, in 400 years time when you're that digital archaeologist and you come across a version of doom and you're like this is amazing i can't wait to play the multiplayer on it um you'll <laughs> be sad to find that it was not actually included on the cartridge at all and required a download unbelievable isn't it unbelievable yeah. well as Retro Man powers down with the dream of what he's hoping to play in his mind, Retro Man tells Harry something. Harry, the reason why your father stopped believing in me is, is because I can't read the text fast enough. No, wait. It was because of time and money, because you were born. You killed the dream of Retro Man. I didn't see the script going this way. Uh, Retro Man, I've read my father's Christmases forever. I never thought, I don't think Tom actually saw it unraveling like this, but because he didn't tie up his literally threads, the, the death of his father's Christmas, is laid sorely in the hands of his son. What a yes. scumbag. Yes, Harry. There's only one way you can make amends, and that's to ensure that you play with me. Parental settings off. Let's go, my son. Harry Giff's father the present he received from Father Christmas on Christmas morning, and he opens it to see a small die-cast metal retro man robot toy. Harry shuddered as the PTSD of what happened off-screen kicked in. Harry's father's eyes welled a little as he hugs Harry as Christmas music and fire play in the background. And Harry thought to himself that's all we have time for this week listeners as always thank you for your time and we look forward to the pleasure of speaking to you again next week until then happy gaming and remember there's nothing wrong with being given the unofficial controller it's what you do with it that counts a massive thank you to the multi-talented mike rouse for coming on being absolute good sport uh, it goes without saying, Sir Mike, that I have run out of lofty titles to bestow upon you, but you have made Retro Man your character. All right. Absolutely brilliantly played. Um, we served up a script that probably looked like some roadkill that had been rained on for a, a good solid month or so and then exposed to the hottest of June suns. And you turned it into what looked like something that Gordon Ramsay would use to showcase his skills to a new girlfriend. You know, it was wonderful. So with that, I must, I must thank you very, very much. You've been very kind to us. You came on again this year and you've come on again for Christmas. I couldn't think of anyone better to play retro man. And I couldn't think of a better gift for the community for Christmas. So Mike, thank you. Uh, see you next week. Well, thank you very much. Well, I say next week. I'll probably never see you again, but oh, uh, in wow. the small, in the, well, I'm off, I I'm off to, I'm off to the squid games then. Am I? Uh, no, I saw myself. I, 
as always, I saw myself being thrown to the Swid Games and you being elevated up. I was gonna, I was gonna mentally and physically punish myself, uh, sort of welt myself with nettles on the back, sort of scenario, and and you elevated up on a on a plush throne. Uh, oh. Yes, you up, me down. Not on. I think I'm going to go. Thank okay. you, Sir Mike. <laughs> Happy Christmas, and to Happy everyone Christmas. who's listening, Merry Christmas. 